1: It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Hey, good Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome to the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast. As always, presented by our friends, Exterior Home Solutions. A free estimate, you can give them a call today, 865-524-5888. Local and trusted since 1999. I'm Eric Kane alongside Austin Price, Brent Hobbs, and Rob Lewis. We got a full bank of questions. We'll go ahead and get started, and we'll go ahead and go with Trouble. Given our success on the field and supposedly our great NIL collective, we're at a point now to where you guys are ready to say recruiting is a weakness for this coaching staff. Austin, how would you respond to that?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, a weakness to me would be if they were ranked 30th, right? They're, they're in the top 15. It's not been the class that it could have been, right? Like, I mean, they have had some misses, uh, you know, over the late summer and into the fall. And, and you know, there's no sugarcoating that. Um, you know, do I think they can be better in some areas? Absolutely. Um, you know, do I think they can, uh, they, you know, they can be more, you know, I guess the intentional is the word about, you know, just the relationship part of this. Absolutely, um, but I don't think the the sky's not falling. The problem is, is, if you're a Tennessee fan, you want to see them in the top five because you look up and they're eighth in the conference. They may be thirteenth overall, but they're eighth in the conference, and 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 I think that's where you know Tennessee fans struggle. Is like you know, hey, we're supposed to have this great NIL collective, and Tennessee does have a really good NIL collective, um, but at the same time, like they're you know they not closed out enough however,
3: to to make you feel warm and fuzzy. Well, and here's the thing, too. If you finish in the top six, you might be fourth in the conference, too. That's right? true. Man. I mean, this this is the hardest conference, best conference to recruit in. No offense to Michigan, Ohio State, Oregon, and some of the others that are out there. I, I think, for me, it, it's about their ability to shut things down yeah. with, with guys better, okay? And and, and maybe, that's a, maybe that's being more aggressive. Maybe that's the inexperience of some guys on the staff. Maybe that's still an adjustment to some things there's a lot of guys who visit here and it's great and it feels good, but then they go take a lot of other visits, you know, and and, and they look around at some things. And um, so that, that would be my thing is I I don't know that I can't recall how many visits that somebody came out of that visit on a Sunday and it was over. Right. Austin. Like, I mean, I mean, there's, and I know recruiting is a little bit different, but I think there's some, particularly some in-state kids that you would like to see, you know, that it's over sooner and and, and they close the deal better. Um, and and I, I mean, I look, if you're not getting better in recruiting, then you're getting worse. Um, so you, you better be getting better because it's only getting harder in this league with the arrival of Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, they've, they've got to be a – you bring up a great point. You know, you know. let's, let's just
2: look at the Sensabaugh kid. Like, Tennessee, you know, should have been able to shut that one down. He doesn't visit Missouri, and this is a non-issue. Um, again, at the end of the day, Tennessee was late to the party on a few guys. Rodriguez, they were late to the party on. Uh, Sensabaugh, late to the party on. And, you know, at the end of the day, these kids aren't dumb. They know that, you know, hey, like – Tennessee's coming here at the last minute, and those schools that have been in there for the longest, and Missouri has been on Cincinnati longer than Tennessee has, and same thing with sure, with Kentucky since he's committed there with Rodriguez. Those schools go back and go, we've been here the whole time. Where have they been? Where have they been? Sure. And then everybody starts to think, go oh, you know, that's kind of true. Um, and, and 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 things start to shift back the other way. So you know, it, it you can't throw a hail mary late in the game and just expect you know a lot of Juwan Jennings catches, right? Like most
3: of them are incomplete. And so. Uh, also, let, let me ask you this. I mean, there, there's a lot of talk about the, the, the collective and, and there's a lot of notoriety about this collective. Okay. They, they've gotten notoriety from day one Spire has about aggressiveness and, um, you know, they've got this amount of money. And, and the perception of this, of the NIL is that they have, you know, obviously just tons of funds and unlimited mm-hmm. funds. And I do think they're I do think they're solidly funded. I'm not suggesting that. But what I wonder is because of that narrative that's out there, th- does Tennessee get played some? That, sure. That that, that, they, that that kids use Tennessee to drive the, the NIL value up, uh, whether it's a transfer portal or a high school portal kid at another place, because, well, if they're visiting Tennessee, we know they got lots of money. You know, and, and that that gets them more money from somewhere else. Do they get? Does that happen from time to time? Yeah, I mean, it's happened a few times.
2: Um, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, do I think it's the what what goes on every time? No, I don't think that 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 uh, what would you would consider misses or losses in this recruiting class. I, I don't think very many of those are because the kid was using Tennessee to get a bigger NIL offer. Does it happen? Yes. But do I think most of this class, which has been a headache for most of us have been that way? I don't believe that. Okay. Just curious.
1: All right, let's go next to wake ball. And this is a, this is a good one. A funny one, Rob Lewis. I want you to answer this one first. Which one was more embarrassing? Derek Dooley's golf cart and red dog, Butch's trash can or Pruitt's face gator.
0: And i I will go with a tie. With, I, I don't know, man. The trash can was horrible.
1: That's it. And, that's the answer. No the tra-
0: no. but, but the Dooley stuff, I mean, people, it just wasn't as well publicized. Not as many people knew about it, and it was confusing.
2: Jeremy's but, face gator was, I mean, it was but, COVID. I mean, he had to wear it. Yeah, it was, think and, he wanted to wear that thing. He got, I mean, like, they basically fined him or whatever, and he said, okay, then I'll just be a smart ass. And then he put it up, up there looking like ET. So, I mean, like, so, I mean,
0: I, I think it's. I think it's got to be anything with Butch. But, man, Dewey's just – I mean, Dewey, I think Dewey gets a little bit of a pass because some people have forgotten, and some of that stuff was not as well publicized as as the goofy trash can.
2: Hey, do, the, do the basketball balls play at Arkansas this year, Rob? AP, that's
0: a great question. You,
2: if they do, I'm thinking you and I go out. We hit up an Arkansas State game. I'm, I'm, on I'm the thinking way I,
0: I hate everything about this idea, and I've not even heard all of it yet. <laughs> we,
2: we hang out with Butch. I'll take you to dinner. I'll buy. You guys can kind of mend fences.
0: I don't. I don't know that. I'm trying to think how much money somebody would have to write what what the check would be for me to go to dinner with Butch Jones.
1: (laughs) Pictures live forever. It's not. It's not. It's
0: it's it's not. It's it's not not insubstantial.
1: (laughs) All right, Sam Smith, twenty two thirty three has got a couple of questions here. I'm going to start with um, February
2: fourteenth in Fayetteville. By the way,
1: (laughs) I'm going to start with his his last one here about uh, who's got the advantage in the Citrus Bowl when Iowa punts. Is it the Iowa punter or Tennessee punt return? I mean, I like Tennessee's punt return, obviously, with D. Williams, um, but Iowa's punter won the Ray right guy. He's really, really good. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think he had like 25 punts that went 50 yards or more this year. He's he's solid. So I'll probably give the edge there because he's really good. We'll go back up to the top. Rob, greatest coach in Kentucky basketball history. Um, is it Billy Clyde Gillespie coming to Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center this Thursday? What do you need to see out of the freshmen in order to feel confident that they're going to get some run in SEC play?
3: Uh, greatest coach, I mean, I, I,
0: man, that's—I
3: guess you I don't go think, I it. don't think that's what he was asking. No, he's, with he's the, not, the with the greatest coach in Kentucky that. basketball oh. history. Sorry, I probably, oh, I probably read that. that wrong.
0: I, man, the freshman. I mean, you had to see Freddie play defense and not turn the ball over, and and the 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 two young kids, the two bigs. Uh, Cade and JP, I mean, they've got to be tough in the post. I mean, that was uh, Monday afternoon. I mean, Grant Grant saw it too. I mean, it was a it was not a pleasant afternoon practice for the two big kids. It was pretty clearly the head coach is challenging them to 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 be better, to you know, to to be consistent, to be tough in the paint. It was, it was there were a lot of things going on Monday in practice, but I would say the biggest theme was that that JP Estrella and Cade Phillips probably wished that. They had a couple of classes, maybe a tutoring session that day instead of nothing. But, but Rick Barnes on Christmas break because it, that that to me was kind of the biggest takeaway that he's he's putting those kids through it and and going to find out you know if they have a third post they can rely on. And Cam Carter, I mean Cam, just I think he's just a year away physically. I mean, if they love him athletically. He's he, he's he's pretty freaky, but just, he's he's real thin. And, and Tennessee has a really crowded backcourt, but um, I, I don't know if Freddie's going to get minutes. Personally, I mean, they're regular minutes. And, and and I, I think he could help his team, but we'll, we'll see.
2: How do you, Rob, how do they keep him happy and engaged? Well, I don't know that, I don't
0: know that I, by, by playing him, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know that they do keep him happy and engaged.
2: Do you worry about postseason as far as like, you know, him getting antsy
0: and having to do that, right? Yeah, but I, mean, I don't want to start any rumors. I've not heard any of that. But, yeah, I mean, look at the day and age we live in. Sure. sure. I mean, I, mean, that, I, I worry, that, I would worry about it. I don't know that Tennessee's head coach necessarily worries about it. Well, that would be kind of shocking,
1: players. right? I mean, this time last year, if we said that, you know, Freddie wasn't going to be a factor on this team at all, I mean, that, that that's kind of shocking, right?
0: It would, it would be shocking if we said it this time last year. Yeah. But this time last year, Tennessee, Santiago Miscovi hadn't come back. Josiah Jordan James hadn't come back. And you hadn't added... Dalton connect the best player on your team out of the transfer portal again. and thrown throw him in the backcourt and, and Jordan yeah. I mean, there's, uh, if Tennessee's roster looked like this last year and Freddie knew all these kids were going to be here another nothing, I mean, Freddie DeLeon probably wouldn't be at Tennessee. And that's, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to create anything. I'm just saying, you know, there's four guys that are playing in front of him that weren't on the roster on his side.
3: And if those four guys or three of those four guys weren't here then Freddie Leon's playing through turnovers at 28, 25 minutes a game. And I'm, and you're the whole focus is trying to get him ready for conference play right now.
0: He's played as much as Kennedy Chander played two years yeah, ago.
3: That's exactly right.
1: Sam, sorry I ruined your bit there because I clearly can't read. Uh, let's go to line time 0423. Second and third most important recruits in the state of Tennessee for 2025. Obviously, uh, George McIntyre being the number one there, AP.
2: Yeah, we'll go Ethan Utley just because, I mean, you got a defensive tackle you like in this state. Um, uh, I think he's, uh, you know, very, very important. Uh, and Radarius Jackson, the uh, wide receiver out of Memphis.
1: Who I looked up his stats the other day uh, on a piece that I've got coming out today, and good Lord. I mean, he, he won Mr. Football. Um, he had like. Nearly two thousand all-purpose yards, rushing, passing, receiving. He had seven interceptions on defense. That's a name that, if you don't know right now, AP, I feel like you are going to know a lot over this cycle.
2: Yeah, again, for Tennessee, they need to get him up here as much as possible. He's on the same seven-on-seven team as Cam Sparks, George McIntyre. So again, if you get George, if, if that all that you know happens in the next you know thirty days or so, then you know. Your chances of landing these receivers uh to me go dramatically up. And that and that once again, when you don't have to leave your state and you're adding quality players, that's a big deal because then you can go and sprinkle in the the quality high-end out-of-state guys.
1: Yeah, and
3: that's why Utley is so important in my opinion, because yes. I mean high school defensive linemen are hard to find. I mean, I mean they're they're coveted by everybody. And if you've got a tie to one in your state and you know one you talk about being aggressive, AP, and the first question we had in the mailbag about trying to close things down. You got, you got to go all in to try to get that thing closed down and, and get that done because that's such a premium position out there in the high school ranks to find. Um, I think I think he's of the utmost importance as well.
1: Let's go to Big Orange Tea. Um, at the time of this recording, Dominic McKinley has not signed, so let's go on that assumption that McKinley does not sign with Texas A&M. Would he be locked in to come in for the Alabama basketball game, AP? And if so, do you think the staff will be making a big push there in NIL-wise, meaning not scared to pay him some good money like maybe they are some other ones who they don't want to disrupt the locker room?
2: If uh, – I don't know when the Alabama game is. Uh, January 20th is when he's scheduled to come in for his official visit um, if he does not sign early. And, again, we taped this on Wednesday. He had not signed yet. Um so, you know, obviously that's one that, you know, bears watching. If, if he doesn't sign, he'll be here on the 20th of January and Tennessee would have a uh, – and, and I'm told that that is uh, – Bama, the Bama game is January 20th, uh, thanks to our great producer, River Bailey from Rogersville, Tennessee, the Mecca of all things. Um, but uh, the um, – and birthplace of myself. Uh, Greg Price yeah, all I care about. Yeah, Greg Price, tattoo and Sherry. Um But, yeah, I think that's one that they would be, you know, that they're going to push hard on. Now, again, so are a lot of schools, right? Like Alabama's in that, Texas is in that. Like, you know, there's a lot of schools swinging to keep, uh, you know, to get McKinley in the boat here. So, like, you know, it's a big boy battle. Um, You know, we'll see what happens. But first off, he's got to not sign before Friday and then get here for his OB
1: January 20th. All right, another one here from Big Orange T. Do you expect any changes with the coaches being on the field or in the booth on game days? Brent, I would imagine, I mean, that's that's, that's more of an August question because we'd have no idea who's going to be. If there's any changes, we're not going to know those right now for next football season.
3: Well, I mean, if your staff's coming back as in full, like like it appears to be right now, then I don't think you change anything. I mean, maybe an analyst is up top versus on the field or something like that. But in terms of your full-time guys, if everybody's back – uh, I don't. I don't think they're going to change the way they've done things the last three years in terms of who's up top and who's downstairs. Agreed.
1: All right, S. Pitts Vol. I know it's way too early and the roster's still not totally determined, but I'd love to hear you guys talk about the 2024. Now that the schedule is out, what do you see as challenges with the schedule? Uh, what's the ceiling and the floor in terms of win loss record, all that type of stuff? Name a player no one's talking about that can have a breakout season. Rob, I want to punt it to you real quick. If you want to start with the schedule, uh, of course, it became official last week. The way it lays out, how do you like that for Tennessee?
0: I mean, it's always going to be tough in, in the SEC, but uh, I mean, I, I it, as, as somebody, you know, Britt, too, and, and AP and you that has you know watched this team forever. I mean, it's, it's just neat to you know to see it, or at least for me anyway, you know, to see Oklahoma on there. But that's the first thing that jumps out at you. I mean, you're opening conference play at Norman, Oklahoma. I mean, that just seems odd on, on a lot of levels. Uh, and then, you know, so you, I guess you're getting your first two are Oklahoma and Arkansas. It feels weird that you're not going to play Florida, Georgia, Alabama, you know, one of your traditional foes until, you know, what is Florida, the third game, third SEC game of the year?
1: Yeah, the middle G- of October, you got Florida, then, Alabama back-to-back. I mean,
0: I mean, without getting into matchups or anything, that, it just feels strange that, you know, you're jumping out of the gate and you're not going to see – one of your traditional rivals until October. But, you know, as far as matchups go, also, you know, I don't think that's a horrible start for, you know, for Tennessee. to put, you know, Oklahoma's going to be breaking in a new quarterback. Road trip's going to be tough. But, you know, Tennessee's going to be breaking in a new quarterback too, but one that everybody cannot wait to see. But I just, you know, I think it's going to be neat and to um, ha- have that kind of flavor in there. But is he, one, is he talking more about matchups? Is that what you guys think? I-, I mean –
3: for me, for I, think me it's more, I think it's more about how you look at this roster, what you know now versus a schedule that's ahead. Not not necessarily the the specific matchups. For me, AP, it's the fact that you play three your first five on the road with yeah. a quarterback. And, and I think I think that's the challenge, and, and that's the question: is what is the maturity level of this football team? That's why I think it's important Cooper's back to help Nico out because where's he going to help him out the most? He's going to help him out the most in Norman, Oklahoma. Not against Chattanooga at home to open the season, but week two, AP um, that you know that NC State game on the road. Um, just the things that you have to do early on the road. You're going to have to have some maturity, and, and I think that's the biggest challenge with with this schedule. I, I don't mind where teams are slotted in terms of you got this two teams back to back open dates here and there. The challenge for this team is that you have three of five games on the road with a new quarterback.
2: Yeah, and in that game against Oklahoma, one Hypo going back to Oklahoma—that's storyline too. But like you know, from a recruiting perspective, it's two of the top quarterbacks in last year's recruiting classes, right? Like you know, Nico versus Jackson Arnold. I I do love the one. The, and I, I, the one thing I don't like is what you just said—that that you you have the neutral side game against NC State, and then at um, at Oklahoma, and then at Arkansas. Um, to start SEC play. Now, one thing I do like, I do love that in between those two road games is a bye week. So that gives you a time to adjust and kind of work on some stuff. And it's not boom, boom, right? You know, mm-hmm. on back-to-back road games. I also really like the fact that Florida's later in the year. You push it back three weeks compared to what it has been, and how different are they, right? Like, it's, I'm, I just – I think, you know, I like that, that your big rivals are now – Mid October to late October, and then in November.
0: Yeah, I think what. The, I mean, this is a quibble, but if I'm a fan, I don't like. You don't have a big home game until that Florida game in the middle of, you know, six eight weeks into the season before you really get to, you know, see Neely get cranked up.
1: <clears throat> like I don't like neutral side games. I don't think anybody likes neutral side games, but I do like playing a, a competent North uh, NC State team who got an upgraded quarterback. I think that's going to be a challenge before you go to a true road environment two weeks before at Oklahoma, and then, of course, Arkansas coming after that. So, I mean, yeah, it's all challenging, but I do like that you're going to square off against a competent opponent before you hit your stride in the SEC play, whereas this year Tennessee went to Florida and fell flat on its face because it wasn't challenged beforehand, and and I think that NC State game is going to be a challenge, albeit it's not a true road environment, but it's going to be a neutral side game. Uh, The back end of his question, is there a player that no one's talking about right now that you could see having a breakout campaign in 2024?
3: that nobody's talking about. I'm curious to see what John Slaughter looks like at safety. You know, I mean, uh, any of those young corners, we're going to get to see them, you know, in the bowl game here. But, I mean, when you look at this roster and you look at this team for next year, there's some young corners, young defensive backs that that are going to have to step up and come out of the blue because those guys didn't play. And I'm not going to go down that road, but they just didn't play a lot of snaps this year. So you haven't seen them, Eric. So for me, it's, you know, it's got to be somebody in the secondary if this defense is going to be, uh, what you want it to be, because those are all going to be, you know, a bunch of newcomers
1: back there. AP, I don't know if we can consider him a guy no one's talking about, but I mean, Cam Seldon's going to have a huge role on this team next year.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would consider him that. I mean, like, you know, he just, you know, he, you know, a handful of carries this year. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I kind of would, right? Like, I just feel like anybody that didn't, play a a substantial amount this year I consider them you know I mean I think they are people you could label him someone people are excited about Um, I don't know if anybody's really talking about him though right like I think you know getting all this run in the bowl game potentially starts that for heading into next year
1: and I know everybody's talking about him right now but McCoy the corner out of the transfer portal I think he's a player Uh, and I, I know that doesn't really qualify for the question but I'm excited to see him play Uh, We got a whole lot more coming up next, but first I'm going to get a word from our proud sponsors. Take it away, Brent Hubbs, Exterior Home Solutions.
3: Your roof, it's the most important protection against nature for your home or your business. That's why I trust the experts at Exterior Home Solutions.
1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Been a while since we've seen you up on that roof there, Huber. Yeah, I
3: look forward to trusting my good friends at exterior home solutions here in the next calendar year. Cause uh, we're heading into roof replacement time at our house. And so I look forward to those guys taking great care of, uh, of my family and uh, taking great care of this house here uh, that, that I'm in that. So, um it's time to get one of those so those boys are going to be out in uh early part of the, the the next year next calendar year and take care of us and they can take care of you as well give them a buzz
1: and i'm excited to see the new commercial that's going to come from that i'm pumped up will about not be, that.
3: i will not be on my roof for that commercial i can promise you that
0: <laughs> if, right. if he is the next commercial will be for exterior hip solutions baby <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's go to checker Nealon. Interior, um
2: interior hip solutions
1: Let's go to Checker Nealon. Are the realistic expectations for this team over the next two years set at making the playoffs at least once in the Nico era? I mean, AP, I would say yes, right? I mean, you're taking real teams. Yeah, it better be because, I mean, you want to be where you were in 2022, 10-1 season, New Year's 6, knocking on the door of the college football playoffs. If you are what you were in 2022, you are in the playoffs. So over the next two years with the Nico era, absolutely, that should be the expectation.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it should be the expectation next year. Like you, you have a lot of veterans returning on both sides of the line of scrimmage. You have a quarterback that you're super excited about. Um, you, you've you've added some nice pieces in the portal that can help you next year. Yeah, the 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 goal should be to be in the top twelve or top eleven um at this point next year.
3: Puts a lot on the quarterback. It quarterback, does. I mean, the quarterback's got to live up. I mean, you're talking about pressure on a guy. I mean, you got to live up to the billing in a hurry. Because I I agree with you, you got a lot of experience in the trenches. A lot of things line up, but to get there, the quarterback has to be—he has to be really good if that's going to happen for for Tennessee. Um, And you got to have some other pieces come to the forefront, right? I mean, I think replacing Jalen Wright's a big deal. Um, Replacing those two tight ends are a big deal. I mean, there's some things you've got to do to get right, but it starts and centers around the quarterback if Tennessee is going to have a chance to be there. And that'd be their expectation for next year.
1: All right, we'll jump the Minnesota ball. It says there's been a lot of talk about the past season, Joe Milton, how he's going to test, perform, combine, you know, bowl games, all that type of stuff, senior bowl, measurable strength, all that. But how do you think, Brent, he will perform when you get in front of a chalkboard, a whiteboard, and start breaking down plays with, you know, members of the NFL brass and front office personnel? How do you think Joe Milton will perform in that aspect of the evaluation process?
3: Oh, I, I think I think GMs and coaches are going are going like his personality uh, I think he'll handle himself well there I think he's a I think he's smart I think he understands uh, the game I think what's interesting that's developed and and I don't know the name of it somebody can google it right fast if they want to it's this new test for quarterbacks that's replaced the the wonderlick and whatever and it's the it's the processing test right it's the deal about how quick you process information how well do you score out of that? I think that's going to be a fascinating test and a test result because there's a lot of NFL teams that believe in that test, that they believe in that test big time because you have to make such quick decisions uh, playing that position. I think that's going to be a, a, a question people want to know. You know, how does Joe – because how, how quick does Joe make decisions on the field when you watch him on tape, right? How quick does he get through all of his progressions and all those types of things? I think that test is something that will be largely centered around kind of where Joe Milton's draft stock is, because the measurables are going to be there, the personality is going to be there. I think he's good on the board. I think a lot of people want to know about how quick does he process under fire.
1: Let's go back to line time, 0423. Rob, Ole Miss basketball, anything to worry about? Easy schedule so far, but they've looked competent.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I watched them play. I've watched them play. I guess the NC State game, pretty watched most of that in, in the SEC challenge. And um, th- this past weekend, um, I forget who they played the other night, but watched, watched a good chunk of that one. Um, and Matthew Morrell, I mean, just a, a really good – That he's personnel-wise, I mean, he's the guy that jumps out at me for them. I mean, just a veteran guard. has been in this league a long time. I don't know about worry, but I, I, to me they look like they're probably an NCAA tournament team, which I wouldn't have thought that necessarily on the front of the season. And Chris Beard has shown – you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, whatever else to do can coach basketball. So yeah, I man, I think, think there'll be a problem for some people, but you know, I don't think maybe I, I could look silly. I don't think they're going to compete, you know, to win the league, but yeah, I mean, that will be, Oxford be a tough place to get a win this year.
1: All right. Dave all 69 wants to know as we head into year four, how do you explain the fact that not a single recruited high school O-lineman here has made a move to get any meaningful playing time under this staff? Austin.
2: I would explain it that they've not recruited well enough. I mean, like they just haven't. They they've, they've taken players that haven't been able to uh, get over the hump uh, from a developmental standpoint, and uh, the, the, they're just not ready yet. And so, like it boils down to recruiting. I think the line positions a place they've recruited a little bit better this year. Um, and, and, and look, you know, I mean, I think Glenn's a fantastic developer, fantastic coach, but you still have to have, you know. Uh, moldable clay, and then, you know, right now I just feel like that's where they've kind of come up short since hype's been here is recruiting offensive linemen. Now, again, I do like the offensive linemen in this year's class, but it's also unrealistic to think, Hubs, that these guys are going to walk in as 18-year-olds and and, and be a factor. Now, the question is, can you take all these older guys that you have, get through next year, but take the next year with this group that are about to walk in as freshmen and say, all right, Let's build it and get a bunch of you ready for 2025. Because I think you're going to have to have a few of these guys step up and be ready as redshirt freshmen or true sophomores, um, you know, a year from now.
3: Well, I, I think I think a couple of things. One, you, you've got to find out really quick, you know, hear about the Vice and Langs and, and the Shammer and those guys. I mean, you know, I'm not ready to just cast complete judgment on what are those guys can yeah, help, class you. help you. That isn't bad. You know, we'll have to see where their development is. The the, the reality is for the twenty-four season, the, the upcoming twenty-four season, there is no thought about a bunch of veterans coming back, right? I mean, that that it's the last ride for Cooper. It's the last ride for all those starters. So you have to you have to get those young guys ready, which means you have to get them some opportunities on the field. You have to play them when the opportunities present themselves on the field to find out exactly what you have and let them find out where they are, right? I mean, how, I mean, I, you know, practice is one thing, but you've got to get them in some competition when you have the opportunity to do that because you have to have an eye on 25 because you're going to have a veteran quarterback back in 25 and you're going to have a whole new starting offensive line. They can't be green as a gourd. They just can't be gr- completely green on the field in 25 if you're going to be what you want to be with a veteran quarterback in that season.
1: Let's go to WP 17 going to play this game called choose a door. We did it last week (laughs) and here are your doors. Rob Lewis theme music for this. We need a little, little (laughs) I know. Yeah. What's more likely to happen to help this basketball team to reach the final four door one, a freshman step up in a meaningful role, whether that's Estrella Phillips, Freddie door two, team improving outside shooting percentage, Santi, Gainey, Zakai Ziegler, etc., or door three, Dalton Connect continues to grow more comfortable and routinely dominates offensively. Rob, which door are you taking?
0: Yeah, th- three, I don't really, under- I don't know what three looks like in, in numbers or how you measure that one. So I'll, I'll go with two pretty easily. I mean, and it's it's very simple. It's because Santi and, and Zakai are both shooting under 30% right now from three, which I would, I mean, I just would bet you a lot of money that doesn't continue. So I think they'll get better there. And as far as the freshman, I w- one of those two bigs is going to have to play. I mean, you got to have three post guys. But I don't know that Rick is to the point now where he's saying, "All right, J.P. or right I know Rick's not to the point where he's saying, "All right, you're getting eight minutes a game," or you know, "You're getting four minutes each half." They're going to play when when tobe and 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 Jonas are in foul trouble, and or you know, doing something that's making the head coach's blood pressure go up. Which doesn't take much no doesn't take much but th- i don't think i don't think any of those three freshmen are in the rotation right now and i don't know if i see it happening to the point where you know hey you're getting 12 minutes a game and and again I me mean, i'll say that under protest because i think Freddie could i think Freddie could really help this team offensively but you know i'm not sure how much help they need offensively
1: all right let's go to volcatfish can Jake Marklinger be a legitimate backup quarterback as a true freshman
3: Brent I don't think we know the answer to that. I think that's why Gaston Moore is an important piece of the puzzle for Tennessee. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to put that on. I've, I've not seen Jake Merklinger. I, I don't know what he can do. I think he's got talent. I think he's got skill. I think he fits this offense in a lot of ways, but I, you know, I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where he's at. I think that's why Gaston Moore is important for this team because he can operate and manage things, particularly early in the year. We'll see how, Jake Merklinger develops how what he gets done in spring practice and and all those things moving forward. But, um, I, you know, I can't sit here on December the 21st and say, Oh, yeah, he's their backup quarterback. I mean, it just, I, I just don't think that we know enough and have seen enough in terms of his adjustment in this offense to know that, particularly when Gaston Moore knows the offense, like he yeah. knows what to do and he can execute it. And there's certain things they can do with this offense where the quarterback doesn't have to be an NFL guy, right? He doesn't have to have elite arm talent in order to make this offense go.
1: AP, some people have been asking if Gassimore does open next year as the backup quarterback, would that mean he gets put on scholarship? I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, with where you are scholarship numbers-wise and with name, image, and likeness right now, the answer is probably no. Is that correct? I would not think so. Okay. Uh, Let's go to Stub Jumper. How will the 25 class look in terms of numbers? I know it's kind of an impossible question right now, but it it seems like you have 35-plus players leaving for sure with super seniors, regular seniors, your normal batch of transfers, etc. Is Tennessee likely to take 30-plus high school kids and crack the top five like Tennessee did in
2: 2015? No, I don't believe that'll be the case. I think they'll take somewhere between 20 and 25, and the rest will be transfers.
1: All right. Let's go to Hoover ball. I like this question here. Which group do you think will ultimately be most impactful from the transfer portal, the baseball group of cannon Peebles, Billy Amick, uh, Sne- uh Nate Snead, etc. basketball and connecting and Gainey or football with, uh, the current committed players right now. And, and the projected ones, uh, to, to, to come, uh, I I mean, obviously
2: we know what they are.
1: We uh, don't know yeah, who
2: you guys are yet.
1: Yeah. We we we've not, seen I basketball. Well, I, was gonna say, I think
0: it's pretty easy. I mean, Dalton connects the best player in your team, and you you play five guys at a time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's because of the nature of the sport. I mean, it's it's I think it's connected. It's not close, and unless you get a and Hooker you know, coming down the pike.
3: Well, and we and we've seen in the sport of basketball, one guy get hot and carry a team through a weekend of tournament play. You know, I mean, we got to go back to Danny Manning to say a guy carried a team through six games of the tournament. I'm not saying Dalton connects that, but Rob, I mean, we have seen in that sport one guy gets hot, gets going on a weekend, and next thing you know, you're, you know, in a regional championship, you know, or, or you're playing in the final four. So, the the impact of one guy in that sport is so vastly greater than it is in the other two sports,
0: unless it's a quarterback. You know, then then, right. then it's a conversation. But if I was going to say there's no
1: there's no quarterbacks coming in for Tennessee football yeah. this year, but. Connect could play like a quarterback for a Tennessee basketball or Billy Amick, his presence in the lineup routinely over 60 games could have that effect. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, I, I think the easy answer is going to be basketball because we've at least seen it right now. Let's go to Volcard. Um, what recruits would a George McIntyre commitment have the biggest impact on Austin? Is it those in-state guys? Is it, you know, offensive players from around the country that want to come in with them? What would you answer that?
2: Yeah. I mean, it would be in-state guys, but I think there are some, uh, you know, there, there's plenty of uh, out-of-state players as well, and, and including the uh, wide receiver from the state of Mississippi that was back here uh, visiting back in November. Um, George talks to, you know, several players uh, around the South. So, I don't think it's just predicated on Tennessee guys.
1: All right, we got two more questions that we're going to get into. One's about four or five questions actually, but we'll start with this one. 007 vol, big word is if if the Vols keep their entire staff from twenty twenty three to twenty twenty four, which is uh, it kind of looks like that's gonna happen, when is the last time that's happened here? Meaning the same staff from one year to the next. Brent, do you have an answer on that off the top of your head?
3: Well, I mean you could you could say a technicality he promoted from within after year one. So I mean you, you had you had yeah, you had Kelsey Pope on your staff the last two years. I mean, they weren't new guys that you brought in that you had to teach them your way of doing things. So, technically, you could say it's kind of happened the last two years because he's simply promoted from within. If you're talking about just absolutely zero changes. um that Butch's first year? Yeah, probably Butch's first year. I don't think he had any turnover there because he brought that entire defensive staff back and and Bajakian coached two years before the board came in, right? So yep. maybe maybe there. Maybe I mean, Lane Kiffin kept the same staff. His
0: entire Tennessee tenure. <laughs> That's
3: right. He, he kept, he them, all, he kept he them all kept 11 his, months.
0: <laughs> the whole time. He never, never, had, never had a staff change while Kiffin was in Knoxville.
1: <laughs> all right. We'll end with a couple here from Athrun. First for Austin, if Tennessee could – would Tennessee take two quarterbacks in 2025 or is that probably out the window now with kind of where we are in, in college football, really? Sure. If they could, they would. Right. Like, I mean, like I, I you know, like, you know, in,
2: you know, in a perfect world, they'd like to be able to do a lot of things, but sometimes it's just not realistic.
3: Yes. Yeah, I mean, if you've got Nico and you've got Merklinger and let's say George McIntyre's in there, is there really a, is there really a fourth one who's going to say, Hey, I want to come, I want to come. Well, to they're wanting to, to put Madden in there too. Like, they're wanting to add Madden too. Like, yeah. news like, what did, what,
2: what did Nico want coming out of high school? You think Madden want the gum for free? I mean, come on. I mean, like,
3: you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't. I think it's hard. I think it's hard to sign two high profile quarterbacks.
1: I, I know we're talking prep right now, but everybody's saying, well, Ole Miss brought in multiple quarterbacks last year in the portal. Ole Miss right. did this.
3: And I would love to get all those guys in a room and ask them if they thought they made the right decision. Correct. They, brought, just, in, just they brought in happen. a couple of guys who thought they were going to play who never got on the field, didn't play a snap of football. Yep.
1: Yeah. And Jackson Dart was not promised. He had a heck of a year. He was not promised the starting job, at least publicly, when all those guys came in. Plus, also, Sanders is academically ineligible. Doesn't matter for this conversation. But uh, I just thought that was interesting going into the bowl game. Uh, Tate McCullough, is he going to play every snap in the bowl, Austin?
2: Until he does it, I'll say yes. Depends on how the game goes. Yeah, Which I agree with I would well, imagine, just gives up a couple of scores, give him the curtain call, man.
3: Give him the curtain call. Give put him the out six, there Give two. him the six-snap six, six snap count curtain call on the final drive.
1: See, I, Rob, I think if Tennessee's up multiple scores, Tank plays every snap and they'll take That's, Andre Turrentine out.
2: I think if Tennessee's going to win the I, game, they put Tank out there and let him take the victory formation snap.
1: For <laughs> the Wildcat? For the Wildcat?
2: For the Wildcat.
1: All right. Do you see any portal movements or high school recruit activity closer to the second signing period? Um,
0: yeah.
3: I mean, like I mean, you know, you're talking about bringing in a big time defensive lineman January the 20th. If if he's if he hasn't signed, um, I, I don't, think I don't, there's a potential add or, or add or so out there in January. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, just, I think you, I think you keep an eye on it. I mean, I, I don't think you rule out uh, a portal move here or there. I mean, again, it depends on where Tennessee's at numbers wise. Is anybody else going in the portal for Tennessee, uh, at, you know, post bowl game or anything like that? I mean, that's something that you got to always be mindful of. So um, I don't think you close the door and, and rule that out, but we we know January is much more about um, next year's recruiting class than it is about this year's recruiting class because basically you're done with the exception of one or two guys and maybe a portal guy or two out there.
1: And then finally, the last question here from Althron, with Peely coming back. Are we closing the door on adding another linebacker to the team? Yeah, I mean AP. That's getting Peely back is essentially your transfer portal addition <laughs> this year at that position.
2: Correct. It, it had had he not come back, since he would have went to the portal, he came back, and and I think for all parties involved, Peely's been in the room. He doesn't rock the boat in the room.
1: Yeah. All right. Really appreciate you guys for sending in all of your questions as you do each and every week here for the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. Big thanks to Exterior Home Solutions, local and trusted since 1999. If you have a need like Brent Hubbs this spring for a new roof on this house, you can give them a call. The number for a free estimate is 865-524-5888 or visit them online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. For Awesome Price, Brent Hubs, Rob Lewis, I am Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys as always for listening to us here on the Ball Quest Podcast. You've been listening to the Ball Quest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on Ball Quest. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring:
0: a laundry? Ooh, a book club.